Hello, human beings, and welcome back to Forbidden Cinema Going Deeper. It has been a minute. I am Zach. I'm Jenny. And we're getting back into it. Guys, we're back on the wagon. Let's do this. <laughs> on the wagon, off the wagon. I don't know. Hard to say. But <laughs> we definitely have not gone deeper on a Forbidden Cinema podcast in a bit. It has been six months since we did this. Guys, our lives have changed in the last six months. This has been a wild week. I've been research. I don't even know if I remember how to research. I research for a living now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like we, we we may need to rein him in, guys. We'll see what happens. I feel like I have a very conservative eleven pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go. I, I barely skimmed a nineteen ninety nine issue of Playboy. Like we didn't even really get that into it. I only know like barely scratched the surface. What happened to one of the models in the <laughs> in the twenty five years since? Oh my gosh, I just made a reference to something I don't even remember what it is. But <laughs> How are you doing over there, lover? I'm great. I was just cooking for dinner, which is Thank not... Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's not something I honestly do very often. Actually, literally, someone asked me today, like, do you cook for your dinner, your husband every night? I was like, no, he cooks for me. <laughs> I sort of, But like today, I was researching. I was, I was right, reading so, 1999 issues of Playboy while she was cooking for me. I... Got, not going to lie. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. But y'all, I enjoyed a lot of rosé while I was cooking. So here's where we are. And so Jenny might be a little woo as we <laughs> recording. This might all be hilarious. All right. So starting off with 1782 libertine French literature. All right. As you usually do. The, absolutely, as we usually do. <laughs> so, La Liaisons Dangerous. Oui. Do you have any concept of the plot, what's going on with this, who wrote it, the contemporaries? Um, I think that it's pretty similar to what we experienced, right? It is by... I. Okay, if anybody out there is from... Fr we come from France. Um, <laughs> apology. I have... Two years of French on Rosetta Stone, and basically I can just say, uh, that's about the extent of my... The dog doesn't drive, y'all. Yes. Um, that I have... Un palm and du riz. Uh, I'm sorry. The rice and the apple? Yes. I don't know why you would have those yes. things. Uh, um, le homme bois. You're drinking, yes. The man a, drinks. A man drinks, Yes. Um, and pimple mousse, which means grapefruit. I have six years of French and AP French as well. I <laughs> scored pretty well on an AP French test, but that has also been uh, 20 ans. 25 years? Uh, 25 ans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> since I've done all of that. So so Pierre Chardelos de la Close. And that could be sounded, saying that That sounded very pretty good. That sounded pretty good. He was I'm a libertine, anti-clerical, anti-establishment, and erotic writer. All right. His major contemporaries were the Marquis de Sade and Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh. I was today years old when I realized that Cyrano de Bergerac was a real writer of 1780s French erotica. Did he have a large nose? He did. Oh, wow. Not as large as portrayed by Steve Martin. <laughs> 
I love that. That was, was a movie. Than- that was a movie we watched as a family <laughs> a lot. We should probably watch that as like a what the fuck were they thinking? If y'all haven't seen Roxanne, um, it is wild. So yeah, so larger than Peter Dinklage, smaller than Gerard Depardieu and Steve Martin. Okay. Got it. Somewhere in a, I don't know. But also Marquis de Sade, wasn't he known for being cruel and unusual? I think uh, sadism is kind of named after him. I think he just sort of was poking buttons. <laughs> I don't know if he was, I mean, like, I think that's like his personal life. He was once in an orgy at a brothel. He suggested that brothels should be free and taxpayer funded and may have beaten his housekeeper. So like not a good dude. Ah, one half okay, I suppose. Other half no bueno. But the amount of like torturing and sodomy and the amount of cannibalism and what that that's attributed to him. The, 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 that he writes about very Uh-oh. openly. Okay. So just just he has a vivid imagination. I, I think that's the historical understanding. Got is it. Is that he was really just sort of trying to provoke. He was the Donald Trump of 1780s France. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. So this is, I've gone back. They're pronouncing this name as Martui. I don't know if that's right, but I'm going to go with it because that's how they're saying it. Um, it, it probably is Martui. Martui. Um, the emphasis is usually E-U-I-L. on the penultimate syllable. Okay, so Martui. 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 So the Marquise de Martui. Okay. The young Cecile is being brought out of the uh, the convent by her mother and is engaged to a man who her ex boyfriend who discarded her rudely. Engaged to a man that who discarded her rudely. Her ex. But she's engaged to him now? No, a the young Cecile, the young virginal Cecile. Okay. Is is engaged. Her okay. mother has brought her out of the convent to engage this man. That has has wronged her. That is wrong Cecile or no, no the Marquis. Wrong the Marquis. The Marquis. So okay. Jerry O'Connell's brother. Got it. So Cord. Yes, Court. Cord has been brought out Cecile's brought out of the convent. But, to marry Court Reynolds. To marry Court Reynolds, who is... Yeah, got it. Okay. 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 So she calls upon her ex-lover, the Vicomte de Valmont. So he's her ex-lover, not her stepbrother. Not her stepbrother, yes. He is obsessed with seducing Madame Tuel, who is staying with his aunt. Got it. Uh, Cecile is in love with the Chevalier Dancy, her music instructor. Okay. So Mertiel and Valmont pretend to befriend them both and manipulate them. They make a bet that if she can provide or if he can provide proper evidence that he has seduced this young woman, that she will give herself up. Uh, Cecile's mother actually wrote the letter. Do we learn? Do we get that? And did Christina Baranski write the letter? Do we ever figure that out? Which letter? Intentions? Which letter? The letter to Annette. No, we actually don't figure out who wrote the letter. Well, in the original Annette. book, that's who wrote the letter was Cecile's mother. Okay, because it's it's blamed on um, on Eric Babius on the crow, right? But he says he never did, and he's right. And Joshua Jackson believes him. I don't know that we ever found out. I don't think so. Maybe no. we do, and we missed it. Sorry, I was taking y'all. notes, but yeah, no, it's Christine Bransky. She's the one that wrote the note. Uh, okay. So we have. Um, 
Martil tricks Valmont after he has uh, bespoiled Torvel to uh, break it off. It's the one woman he's ever truly loved. And then she doesn't go through with the doing him. Valmont uh, recruits uh, Density and gets him together with Cecile to because Dantony has started dating the Sarah Michelle Geller character. Got it. And so, so leaves her twice disgraced. Duh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so um, Martui is as being disgraced. She hooks up with, uh, gets, lets Donsony the Chevalier know that uh, Valmont has had sex with his young conquest. Mm-hmm. And they duel. He dies. And as he's dying, he gives her all the letters. It's an epistolary novel. It's much oh. like Dracula. So it's it's all letters. Okay. Okay. So it's like the exact fucking plot of Cruel Intentions. A hundred percent. This is, we were like, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody, why, what? It's, it's they were doing the story. It fucking French. <laughs> Got it. So a, a novel from 1780. So it's been around, kind of became popular in 1985 when there was a play. Okay. There is a deep impact kind of Armageddon scenario. Okay. In so, 1988. So two versions. So uh, Stephen Frears, who directed The Grifters, and recently directed The Queen. Okay. He directed the version with Glenn Close, John Malkovich, Michelle Pfeiffer as the... Uh, I feel like that's what I know of... The Reese Witherspoon role. Yes. Uma Thurman as young Cecile. Mm-hmm. And Keanu as Chevalier Dancy. Keanu. Did you know that in 1989, Valmont came out? No, I did not. Directed by multiple Oscar winner Milos Forman. He directed Amadeus, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and The People vs. Larry Flint. That's some caliber. Starring Annette Benning. Oh. Your boyfriend, Colin Firth, as oh. Valmont. Oh, oh, Colin Firth is Valmont. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's some Shakespearean love energy Ooh. right there. <laughs> Meg Tilly, which I'm not as familiar with. Okay. As Madame Torvel. Meg Tilly and Colin Firth had a child at the end of this filming. So apparently this is a movie where people get pregnant on. Got it. Reese was very pregnant by the time this movie was released. Well, by the end of it, got it. Yes, um, they wanted, they wanted, they wanted, they wanted to get Will Wheaton to play the uh, Sean Patrick Thomas Keanu role, but who would have thought this Star Trek: The Next Generation bullshit would go more than one season? <laughs> so he had to drop out because he was contractually Aww, obligated. Poor Will Wheaton. So they got Elia oh, Henry Thomas. Interesting. That's an interesting cast. A young Celine Cecile, a actually fourteen-year-old Feruza Balk. Welcome oh. back to the podcast. Oh wow! Wow, what an interesting! I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> no, no, I'm interested because yeah, all the people are really interesting. Yes, in 2012. There was a Chinese version, all in Mandarin, set in 1930 Shanghai. I've just watched the trailer, but 1930 Shanghai looks like the fucking place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that basically like Indiana Jones and the Temple of it's, Doom? It's, it's Club Obi-Wan <laughs> is over there in the corner. Yes. 
I did just see some sort of meme talking about Indiana Jones being maybe what Han Solo, his like um, carbonite dream. <laughs> Last year, there was a Netflix French version. It's kind of like the Insta model version. Okay. It, it looks pretty good. All right. And last year, there was a, we know a little something about stars. Uh, Minx on stars, hashtag. Yes. Stars has a series that is a period piece. That's so Dangerous Liaison? Pardon? That's basically Dangerous Liaison. Yes. So this is at least five times in our lifetime, six times in our lifetime <laughs> has been adapted. It feels like it's meant to be. <laughs> So what if I were to say the name Ryan Philippe? Okay. That is how he pronounces it. Cool. I Fine. don't think that that has translated into popular. It is not, but cool. That's his name. He can pronounce it any <laughs> way he wants. <laughs> you mentioned that you never really thought he looked like this. He did gain about 25 pounds of muscle and didn't shave for nine months after this to be, to be, to be in the way of the gun. So... Yeah, in nine months after this movie, he'd never look the same ever again. So this is like the one moment where he's on film looking like this. I would have to say that was a mistake. Hmm. I mean... You think the lanky look suits him? I think it does think it suits him. It, it lets him explore more. Because I think that I just assume something about him when he's thicker and muscular. Like, he just becomes like... In the realm of all of the, like, muscly guys. <laughs> because, yeah, I think he, he's fantastic in this. Oh, yeah. But we'll get into uh, critics' reviews of him. I don't think the critics were as Oh, fuck kind. that. He's playing a character with borderline personality disorder to a T. So good. I mean, I have so good. spent time in the mental health field, and that is exactly what they're like. He is doing it so well, and... He has he, no empathy. He has... He is a crazy narcissist. I mean, there's a reason that... Um, I'm, in mental health, sometimes we make a little bit of fun, and that's... got a, a peek behind the curtain, behind the mask, behind the lab coat of healthcare. Sometimes we make a little fun, because sometimes everything's just so tragic that there's just no other way of doing it. But uh, borderline personality, we also call it asshole disease. They, it's... People come across as an asshole. <laughs> I mean, whether they can help it or not, that's another thing. But yeah. So I did say that I was going to look in. I was I was really hoping there was no domestic stuff. I'm not going to say there's any fire, but there's smoke. Uh, okay. So I'm retracting everything I said about I hope that, that he and Reese have their their grand reunion, their Benefer nonsense. Like, he has been restraining orders have been granted against him for threatening and harassing text messages and text messages like there's kind of proof of that yeah they kind of exist in the world like kind of can't do much about it and usually when you're a narcissist you forget that yeah so. and there is an out of the court settlement for domestic violence so i am just going to turn the page on mr and we're gonna moonwalk Philippe away from that and and we're going to let Patrick Hines have all his fantasies about Ryan Philippe. <laughs> and we're going to focus on Reese Witherspoon and all her gloriousness. There we go. So everybody's age, you wanted to know. Yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar, 22. Oh, babe. Not far off of 17. No, she's she's not. five years off. 20, 22 is so close. Judd Nelson was no. <laughs> 
John Nelson wishes he was 22 playing a 17 22 and 17 are so aligned. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Philippe is 25. Uh, That's what I thought. We're getting like eight years out here. It's. But he is still, obviously not 17. But mid-20s, you still don't fucking know what's going on. Reese is 23. Oh, Then we discussed that Reese and Philippe, they were, they, they were actually, she was cast and it was like her idea to bring him in. Oh, okay. Like the producers wanted somebody else, but he wasn't available. So, and I think that she was not pregnant during the filming of this movie, but very soon after. She, she was during all of the, the, uh, press the press of it i also know that like i feel like when they were still together and her filming vanity fair Mm. that i can't remember who the director is i feel like it's a female director and she was like get the fuck knocked up because i want you to have them damn curves (laughs) (laughs) joshua jackson is 21 21 what a little baby pacey baby pacey (laughs) John Patrick Thomas, 29. He's so fucking good. He's <laughs> we, like, I'm the adult in this situation. And y'all are fucking messed up. I might have to watch Save the Last. I don't watch movies with people with diseases. That's a specific. I don't 100% know that anyone who's the main character has these diseases. It might be her mom has a disease, which is very tangential. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's been hard on me because I love Rent, but <laughs> I just can't bring myself to. Let's. I think it's just she's a classical dancer and he's not a classical dancer and they like find their groove. Okay, okay. I mean, when someone gets their groove back, I'm on I'm down, board. I'm down. Selma Blair. I left this one to the last because I thought you would be pissed off. She is 27. Fuck her. <laughs> she is double the age that Fuck she is. Fuck her playing 14 play. as a real unsuccessful 14. I'm not a fan. Even I would though- buy 16. Even though sometimes I get someone, people saying, you're like a real mix between Nev Campbell and Selma Blair is like your look. I can see it. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. But not. No. I mean. I don't feel like she's successful in this movie. I'm sorry. I mean, if we, if we had to do our like, what are they called? The lists. What? Like the fuck list? You like, like the hall pass lists or whatever. Okay. <laughs> Selma Blair and Nev Campbell wouldn't be. Off the list, just, <laughs> you know, we'd have to go through, you know. It's not who I get at airports. I do get some people at airports. Like, people do think I'm, like, Cheryl Burke from uh, Dancing with the Stars fame. <laughs> Multiple times I've gotten that at airports and at grocery stores. Who Do you know who the – so, I was getting a manicure and pedicure. Uh-huh. And managed to lock my keys in my car back when I still had regular keys. Yeah. And Jenny couldn't come back and get me for a couple of hours. So I just spent the time at a Pier 1 Imports just wandering around in my flip-flops. And some lady there thought that I was that guy from that Home Improvement show. I don't know. I feel like maybe Nate Burkus. I don't know. But then some other lady like saw me giving her advice and she wanted to know it's like I'm giving stuff for like a twenty year sorority reunion and a wedding and like what kind of flowers like. You really missed your opportunity to really launch a design career. (laughs) 
you could have made that happen. You could have like gotten some numbers and charged some shit. I mean, she's like, we're going to do yellow, but I want to do sunflowers. Does sunflowers work with yellow? And I'm like, you get it, girl. Like, just like, do you want to use sunflowers? Like, they were like, your wife? What? <laughs> like, you are not who I think you are. <laughs> good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> Uh, maybe all my cookie rosé is fantastic. <laughs> so, perfect segue into Playboy magazine of March of 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to be honest. I ran out of time. I really half-assed my Playboy reading. All right. Give it to us. So, we have an article about MP3s <laughs> and MP3 players in a time before Napster. Try to, like, find MP3s on the internets. Apparently Napster still exists. Did you guys know this? I listened to it and heard it on a podcast. I didn't know. I mean, I was in college at the time and we had like a college intranet. And so you could just like go on everybody's and just find all the the stuff that they had. But in college, I used Napster and LimeWire. And I remember specifically, I don't remember if it was Napster or LimeWire. I feel like it was maybe LimeWire. My sister looking for a song and... Her searching for it, a hundred percent wrong. Hooked on a feeling, which is by B.J. Thomas, but she like had the title wrong and thought it was Neil Diamond, and so did someone else in the world, because she found it labeled just as she wanted it, and it was totally wrong, but still was able to download it in that form. I mean, let's not even get into Peter Gabriel Genesis and <laughs> <laughs> like the, the amount of mislabeled files. No. I mean, I had Cowboy by, by Bon Jovi on my <laughs> Cowboy like like Kid Rock? No, it was the uh One a Dead or Alive. Oh, got it. Wanted Dead or Alive. But somebody had titled it as Cowboy and So alright. It's like, obviously Freddie, and speaking of Sarah Michelle Geller, Freddie Prince Jr. in Scooby Doo Part Two. <laughs> um, but also, like I remember requesting at the skating rink, "Healthy um, Butt," "Healthy Butt" by MC Hammer. <laughs> it was her mix a lot. Baby, come back. But there is an article like, "Is there a tech bubble that may burst someday?" Ooh. <laughs> they have interviews with Drew Carey. Kenneth Starr and Rudy Giuliani. Oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of age like milk. <laughs> that was a moonwalk away from that. <laughs> they have a buy one, get one free coupon that expires in April of 1999 for a can of skull. <laughs> <laughs> a fashion spread with Carson Daly. Oh, Carson Daly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the- Tara Reid. <laughs> the Girls of Kiss Pictorial. Is Kiss still a thing in 1999? I think they just had their farewell tour. Their 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 like last like their their tenth farewell tour like two years ago. Yeah. Okay. No. Like fine, but n- no one thought they were relevant except for when they were movies over the last <laughs> definitely ten years. I would even say twenty. And Lexi Carlson is the uh, playmate of the month. One of three women to be the playmate of the month and the pet of the month in the Penthouse. Oh, great for her. She wrote a uh, kind of 
sexologist column for decades and seems to be a fairly successful adult woman currently. She did get run over by a motorcycle in a police chase oh, a couple no. of years ago, <laughs> but uh, seems to be recovering. <laughs> She's like limping away from that okay and thumbs up. I think, like and... decent settlement and... Uh, All right. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> so this movie, $10 million budget. That's it. That They don't make movies for $10 million no. now. Like, you can't just, like, take your iPhone and go and film people that nobody knows. With all this estate and New York shit that's going on, like, all this, the rental of all of this property, I would think. And, and the car. Even the car for $10 million. <laughs> I mean, everybody, like, two of these people were in, so I, I know what you did last summer. Uh, last summer. Yeah, I mean, they're, like... People are wondering all things about them. Like, everybody in this is just about to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you did say when you were talking about it, like, being paid to be hanging out with the most beautiful people right now. And that's true. Totally true. Everybody in this movie was just about to be a thing. Yeah. It made $13 million its opening weekend. Good on it. $76 million worldwide gross. It is the number 639th highest worldwide box office gross for an R-rated movie in the history of movies. I'm I'm thinking in the whole history of movies, I don't know when rated R became a thing, but that seems good. Like post-Hayes Code, like 70s, I think? 71, 72? Did the Hayes Code last until the 70s? Maybe late 60s? I'm not sure. I don't know. I listened to like 17 podcasts. I mean, it. I know. And all I just know about the Hayes Code is that it was total political bullshit. <laughs> It has the number 2,225th greatest box office worldwide adjusted for inflation of all time. I like, think literally, that sounds only good. Like There's 2, a lot of movies. 2,000 movies have had more money made at the box office than this. There's a lot of movies, so that seems good. Yeah. It is. Actually, look, Highlander Endgame is like number 6,000. So. <laughs> okay, that gives good perspective. <laughs> Yeah, Highlander Endgame also cost like sixty million dollars to make. Like, and this is who 10 is spending sixty million dollars on a Highlander? <laughs> I mean, they think that the special effects are super important, and really, as we see in this movie, we just need clothes and a good car and good sets. Just start naming names of movies for the two movies above and below this. Oh shit! I have just, no just, idea. Just, just, just tell me a, a random movie that you're. Thinking. I have no idea. You know the random movies that are probably in my head: Ghostbusters. I mean, Ghostbusters Jaws, was way ahead. Jaws way ahead. Uh, uh, head over heels. This is something we were just talking about the other day. I think Head over heels is actually about 15 points down, so we're we're actually probably. in the same neighborhood. <laughs> probably that feels fair. The Untouchables and Cocoon are right above this. Cocoon, man, we watched that movie so much. And it is just right above 48 hours and Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. That's recent. Yeah, that's with it? Adam What's-His-Face and Audrey What's-Her-Face. We watched that movie. Did we? The guy All from Workaholics it? and from Pitch Perfect. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Uh-huh. And Audrey Plaza. We wa- is one we, of the girls. Did we watch all of it? I think we did. I watched really? all of it. I don't think you might I have did. been drunk. You might have been on rose. <laughs> Maybe rose rose time. <laughs> so moving into the critical consensus of this film. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, I've been listening to a lot of Rotten Tomatoes is wrong, so I've sort of started paying attention to their ratings, which might be the best way of rating movies. Like, what's the percentage of positive scores by professional middle-aged white film critics? <laughs> 
which is basically considered negative. Like 60% okay. is where they get there. Like this is a basically positive movie. Okay. Uh, 80% audience score. I could see that. The best review that I found is a positive review of this movie. All right. The is best this, is this a, a critic's review? or Yeah, a, a, a okay. professional critic. A, a very well-renowned professional critic. Okay. 20 years later, you can see the charm that made Witherspoon a star. You can appreciate Selma Blair's comedic splendor and recognize that Philippe is handsome and was in this movie. <laughs> oh, my Burn! God. So much shade. He's so good in this movie. And they don't even mention Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I've had another one that's just like, there is, it's impossible to find a frame that she is in that is not magnificent. I mean, for sure. They are so good together. They're playing off each other so well. You know, they are every take cuts and they laugh and they drink and everything is perfect. Nothing she says is wrong, though. Like, he is attractive and he is in this movie. He is, but that is so much fucking shade. Oh, my God. <laughs> That guitar shaped vlog is roaring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that too far off to like explain the? Uh, it's been fifteen years. It's burn was a. Y'all just need to watch that '70s show and appreciate everything that Ashton Kutcher is doing. Yeah, that's every. That's that's all you need. Just do it. So many good burns. So movies that came out around the same time. You know, we watch conservatively three new movies a year. That seems if right. If we're lucky. <laughs> that seems right. January 29th, She's All That. Oh, my gosh. Lainey, beep, beep, she's all that. In the theater. In the theater. Yeah, yes. I did not see that in the theater. I did. Oh, you did? Oh, I did. I, I saw that on Vanderbilt television, prob no. probably right around the same time Must as this movie came out. Must see viewing in the theater. It might have been in Cookville, which is where I was in college, which is a very small town in East Tennessee. As as I'm pointing to, I actually have Lainey Boggs's journal that she was painting in in that movie we might have to post a picture of that too we have a couple of things probably pro some props we need to post a couple of things february 5th mel gibson's payback i saw that in the theaters pretty oh, good that's the kidnap movie right yeah yeah i don't think i saw that in theaters but i've seen it i, I think feel it's a like... remake or is it a maybe a, a serial from back in the day like i don't know parker i feel like there's a Parker. there's more parker stuff i don't know, I don't know are... but it feels like there's a lot of kidnap movies about this time I saw this, I feel like, I don't know if it's the first time, but definitely in its entirety, um, when I drove to a boyfriend's house who lived in Starkville, Mississippi, which is where Mississippi State is, no one knew I was there. <laughs> and a um, gaggle of his boy roommates, they were like, we should buy a PlayStation this weekend. And I was like, I would appreciate it if you maybe waited because I'm here. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, we're going to buy a PlayStation this weekend to play Halo or maybe it was Xbox. I don't know. We'll play Halo all fucking weekend. It was a real bro-centric weekend, and I did not make that trip many more times. <laughs> Man, if, like my trips that nobody knew that was going on to Atlanta back in the – like if I had been murdered or something. Like yeah, Starkville fucking Mississippi. <laughs> that's a haul. From Cookville to there, I remember my mom calling me on my cell phone like 
at like a lot of interstate interchanges and I was like, oh, I have to real fake this. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening right now? Next weekend, February 12th, blast from the past. Do you, does that mean anything to you? The Brendan Fraser movie? Oscar winner Brendan Fraser yes. and Alicia Silverstone and Christopher Walken? Are they in a Isn't bunker? That? He's in the bunker and then he comes out like 50 years later after the whatever, after the nuclear homicide or whatever, Holocaust. Holocaust. And is like breaching out and meets Alicia Silverstone. That seems so far out of the, like, I feel the people that I saw that with don't feel like people I was hanging out with this time. <laughs> oh, man. That was, those, a go, that was a go back. Those moments when you're like, I spent so much time with those people and then I spent no time with those people. Like the Tory paradox. Oh, this is 100% a Tory paradox. This is people that I would have been with like junior year of high school. This was, I mean, I'm thinking of a time where I was watching a lot of South Park and maybe like sophomore year of college because of who my roommate was and the dudes we were hanging out with. It was like we never talked about them again. <laughs> like all of us, were, like, we all agreed like this ever happened. Also, Message in a Bottle came out that weekend. I don't, I remember that movie, but mm. I don't remember who was in it at all. And then my favorite Martian, maybe the last starring vehicle for Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. I saw okay. it made like $30 million. I was like, what? Wasn't what? that what? based on a TV show? Yeah, or, or some old something. But I was just like, meh, meh, meh. Like, we'll look at Christopher Lloyd back again, laughing at the world. The movie cost $60 million to make in 1999. Ooh. What, what, are, what is happening right no, now? No, <laughs> bueno. The next week, February 19th, two huge disappointments at the box office Jawbreaker and Office Space. Office space bombed, y'all. But it is in everyone's hearts. <laughs> it rose again on the third day, and we all love it. Absolutely. It made it uh, on DVD. It, 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 was all, it the first DVD hit, maybe? It could have been, because we all talk about it all the time. Jawbreaker, not quite as much. I it's feel like, like a new Heathers. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. It, it really wanted it to be the new Heathers, and it didn't succeed. The next week we have... Eight millimeter. I know it. I didn't see it. That's like when I first became aware of Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. It's uh, a probably maybe the first unhinged Nicolas Cage performance. Ooh, okay. That might be something we should watch. I don't know if it worked. The it's, first unhinged? Are we sure? Are we not sure Peggy Sue Got Married was the first unhinged performance? I've not seen Peggy Sue Got oh, Married. Oh, we watched Peggy Sue Got Married so much. <laughs> I it also, Jim Carrey like, carries his, it, his lunchbox weird. It also gets filed in the like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, we'll put it on the list. Is it on the forbidden list? If it's not, we'll have to put I it on know. there. I don't know. Maybe it should be. And did I say the other sister also? Have you seen that one? Um, is that with Juliette Lewis? Yes. Those never, those are tough. I don't think I've seen it. I know it exists and I think I know what it's about, but I'm I don't sorry, know. I'm sorry, like the best movie starring people with Down syndrome is The Ringer. And I wish that wasn't the case. <laughs> it's really should not be something that is everyone should embrace, but they, it really does embrace. It's really sweet. It, it really maybe has is. too many people that don't have Down syndrome but they, in it. But they love people with Down syndrome, and everyone is represented like a badass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny Knoxville, we we kind of get it. We kind of get it. 
I don't know how that's one of the movies with the biggest heart of its time. It really is. Because, like, that 2000, mid-2000s was a terrible time. No one had heart. Everyone had all ill intent. It was just dicks on dicks on dicks. (laughs) But Johnny Knoxville and Katherine Heigl, who no one apparently still likes. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But it had a lot of people really doing a lot of good things. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's i mean wh- when did the fuck that we get ice cream <laughs> march 1st we have cruel intentions analyze this and lock stock and two smoking barrels all come out the same weekend oh wow that doesn't happen now no there are more good movies then than there are now i'm sorry that might be a hot take that might be a 40 something year old man just get off my lawn but <laughs> I feel like people are just really strategic about when they release movies now. I don't know now, like post-pandemic, because people are just like, get those fucking movies in theaters. I mean, I guess nobody thought that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels would matter. Probably. And I guess a lot of people thought that the kids that went to see Cruel Intentions wouldn't care about Analyze This. Probably not. But, like, we just wanted movies. Like, at that time, and I, I'm not included in this conversation because I I did go see movies quite a bit, but I don't think I saw either one of those in the theater. But just like, all right, I saw this. So what's next? I'm going to go to the movies this weekend. I'm going to go multiple times this weekend. I'm going to spend fucking money. And what's out there, it doesn't really matter. So that's if it was out there, you went and saw it. Next week, Baby Geniuses. I had to see that in the theater. You did? Yes. You know exactly who, because I took her to see the uh, the Val Kilmer blind guy at first sight movie. Oh, really? And she ran out crying, saying that we'd just given $7 to the devil. And, and then so she wanted to see Baby Genius. It was G-rated movies only from there on. Oh, uh, but uh, I think that's a real disturbing G-rated movie. I hate talking babies, so <laughs> no, no. And I don't know if she knows, but... Carrie 2 also came out that weekend that I went and saw it and didn't tell her. Oh. <laughs> With Jonathan Taylor, or not, uh, no, uh, Zachary Type Ryan. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> was like a total asshole who gets his ball shot off with a spear gun. Well, maybe she thought that's what needed to happen to you. <laughs> and movie that I've talked about many times, Wing Commander. <laughs> <laughs> the third worst of the Freddie Prince Jr. Matthew Lillard collaborations the third worst all right cool i don't know summer catch is the worst summer catch is pretty bad i saw that in the theater too i I, did too i wanted i was so looking i was so excited so many i saw so many of those it's got fez in it it's got um jessica biel yeah oh it should have been great it should have been what it was (laughs) i mean it was just one of those schlocky romantic comedies ish uh, that was, was just trying terrible. to capture bro dudes chicks like it, it was just trying to spread itself to them freddie prince jr matthew lillard they are one of the greatest collaborations in movie history and i need another one because they're batting like 50 percent at best i think they still have something left in them you do absolutely i i need to see that Absolutely. What is Freddie Prince Jr. doing? I mean, writing for the WWF. <laughs> I mean, but... Ra- raising Sarah Michelle Gellar's kids while she's off 
doing while she's off perfume commercials fucking while she's off being sarah michelle geller and i'm awesome right i mean there's time (laughs) there's time i'm sure they're buddies i'm sure they play some D &D together or something i hope so i i did just um matthew lillard Lillard is launching a bourbon or a whiskey or oh really yeah i just heard that on a podcast recently okay well i'll drink his whiskey Let's do it. Okay. And let's have him on and let him talk about his whiskey. There we go. You're welcome on, sir. Yes. I don't think that has anything to do with SAG, right? (laughs) Whiskey? So this movie was obviously uh, just really snubbed at the Oscars. I mean, I don't know what it could have been nominated for. (laughs) But the 2000 MTV Movie Awards. That's his wheelhouse. (laughs) Hosted by Sarah Jessica Parker. So we have Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean, nominated for best female performance with Sarah Jessica Parker. All, all the three syllable Sarahs. So, guess who won best female performance this year? I don't know. SMG, our all girl. Right. Yes. Yes. Ryan Felipe, Felipe. What do we just? I don't. Whatever. Know. He got beat by Keanu for the Matrix. Oh. So like the character got killed by Keanu in Dangerous Liaisons, and the real person got killed by Keanu for the Matrix. I mean, Keanu's just the best, so <laughs> you can't. This movie won the best kiss. Of course. Um, obviously, it was something. It was something. It was up against Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore and not. Married to the guy, the lady that's not married to Ben Affleck anymore. Is it Michael Varton? Michael Varton and Jennifer. But Jennifer Garner and Michael Varton were never no. actually together, were they? Before she started doing. Uh, no, she was with somebody else when she started doing him on Alias. And then she was with him when she started doing Affleck on Daredevil. Oh, she was like, dude, that was a felicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. was like, she was always with someone else when she was doing the dude that she was with. Uh, uh, in, in the movie with. Jennifer Garner, you really have allowed yourself to be this girl next door and really have fucked a lot of dudes while you were fucking a lot of dudes. <laughs> so good on you. <laughs> that is some this- PR magic teaching miss tingle who would have thought barry watson would ever be nominated I for saw any that award in the and- theater <laughs> i saw that with the same people that i saw a message in a bottle and blast from the past from who i all think that like i was not hanging out with them at that time i saw it with people that were and i maybe made out with the dude after that that i never made out with the, that dude ever again <laughs> well, welcome katie holmes to the podcast yeah welcome <laughs> And boys don't cry. And that's, I like what they're doing there. I like the representation, but that's not a, I don't know. It's if not it was, a sexy movie. It, it was is a, done just a really sad, well. like mass murder movie. It's not yeah, good. I mean, it is what it is. And it's important. Yes. But MTV Music Awards, like, I feel like you're really like going like, we should probably prop this up, but we really want the sexy shit. Yeah. Fight Club was only nominated for one MTV Movie Award. Really? Brad Pitt got completely snubbed. He is missing from this show. Wow. It's Edward Norton in the fight with himself as for best fight scene. I mean, that is great. I mean, they got beat by Mike Myers and Vern, Vern Troyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, but the, Brad Pitt needed a nomination for something. He was so fucking good in that. I mean, that was, Fight Club might have been, this was 1999. Fight Club was the last movie of 1999 or of, of the night of the the 20th century. 
Like it was all the 21st century after. Given the fact that. Or was it the first movie of the 21st century? Have, I don't know. We have friends whose children say the late 1900s. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so you mentioned a crazy new Juliet Stiles role. Juliet Stiles role? Oh, yeah, I did. What are you? Are you thinking about like the one with the. It's a prequel to the orphan movie where they get the East German kid who's a mass murderer. No. So is it uh, Hustlers? No. Or it's the lake? Like with the lake house where she gets left the lake house? I don't know. It's something about like crazy. She's called crazy something. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out maybe for next week. Okay. Because I, I was looking at the stuff she's been in and I couldn't quite figure. She's in a lot of wild roles, but. None of it, it exactly seemed new seemed... and it seemed cray. It seemed real redneck. Sorry. I feel like this next part won't be very fun, but you really were concerned about the base definitions. Like first base, second base, third base. Oh, no, I was. Yeah. So I feel like there are some regional differences that I've discovered, but pretty well agreed that first base is an open mouth kiss. Okay. Second base is everything above the waist. Third okay. base is below and uh, home run is a uh, home run. What can I say? Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess, yeah. That's some iteration of all of those things. That makes sense, I suppose. So now getting into Forbidden Cinema real estate talk. <laughs> okay, I think it is The Lake. The Lake, okay. And I think she's called Crazy May or Crazy Maisie. That's the character. It's something wild. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay. I think she inherits a lake house from some, like, from her stepbrother's father. Or, I don't know, but she, like people are like, run away! She's like drinking and smashing things. And I do see a scene of her with a box of wine and a metal straw, like poking it in like a Capri Sun. We have been at a party where someone tried to do a box wine stand. Yes, we have. We, have. we might have encouraged it. We absolutely encouraged <laughs> it. It might have been my idea. It was. I didn't do it, but I sure watched we it. We chanted it. <laughs> Box wine, box wine. I mean, he is a. I don't think he has a Michelin star yet, but he is close. He's chef. very close. Yeah, and yeah, he has one of the highest rated food trucks. <laughs> and we bow to you, sir. Yes, and yes. your service. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Sean Patrick Thomas when he's talking about like being lifted out of the ghetto or whatever, and he lives at 59th and Park. Yeah, I looked that up. There is, there was, it's actually closed down a three-star Michelin restaurant. Of course. There. It is on the downtown edge of Central Park. Okay, so some... It is right on the park. Yeah, anything on the park is is pretty hoity-toity. The JW Marriott Essex House is there, which is a pretty nice little hotel. I think you see in the skyline the Essex House logo in this, and it's a pretty famous, if, if you see New York skyline, it's pretty commonly seen this was also on this block was the last place david bowie lived so it, it, it's not the ghetto <laughs> yeah yeah christine bransky is is throwing a lot of assumptive shade <laughs> so the the country manor yes the exterior is the old westbury gardens the phipps estate it is also where James Mason lives in North by Northwest. Oh, really? Yes. Really? No. No, it can't be. I mean, well, okay, maybe at first. 
The first estate, not the estate at the end, not the not the modern house. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, got it. And it is where the wedding at the end of Hitch uh. <laughs> is filmed <laughs> on those gardens. Got it. Cool. The interior, well, I guess uh, the, the Valmont Mansion, you know, the New York Upper West Side, yeah. is actually the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Weird. All right. <laughs> Okay, but the interior of the uh, of the Valmont summer house or whatever the yeah, aunt's house, the aunt's house, yeah, is the Millennium Biltmore in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. In the basement is the health club where the pool exists to this day and is available to any hotel guest. We will be figuring this out in the next year. Oh my gosh, absolutely! That pool is real and is still available. I want to look like we're on the deck of the Titanic. <laughs> that sauna is real. Oh my gosh. Other things that have been filmed there. On the staircase going up to the building, uh, Splash, Bachelor Party, and Beverly Hills Cop Okay, were all filmed. The limousine ramp. They have, I guess, a private entrance a of block course, away. Of course, they do. Chinatown. That's where they actually built the facade of the Brown Derby for Chinatown. Oh, wow. Uh, wedding Crashers, where they get kicked out of the wedding uh, <laughs> and get beat up, is on that ramp. Uh, there's a scene in Seven and a scene in Junior. Okay. The lobby used to be a ballroom. Um, JFK's 1960 campaign headquarters. Was oh, in there. wow. That's a lot of history. And the free-floating vapor, whatever, that they ca- Slimer <gasps> in Ghostbusters is in the lobby of this hotel. They oh, used wait, to be a ballroom. What? Ah! <laughs> also in the fitness center, uh, there's a murder in Bugsy. There's a murder in The Fan. And uh, there's a it's a Moscow nightclub in Alias. Oh my gosh, we have to go. So Jennifer Garner's back again. Oh my gosh, I have to figure out what I'm gonna wear to this place. <laughs> the gallery bar and cognac room. Ooh, is a cognac room? Yes. Rumor has it. Do you remember we saw that in the theater? <laughs> like the the Graduate Part Four or whatever. Right. And that's the scene. That was a movie like kind of we went and saw on my birthday, and I kind of was like, you need to take this movie. I was having a thing. <laughs> There's a scene in National Treasure where they're looking at John Wilkes Booth's diary at that bar. And it's also, they have a uh, drink named after Elizabeth Short. It's the last place she was seen alive. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Okay. What, what is it called? I mean, uh, it's called the Black Dahlia. Of course, it's the Black Dahlia drink. The Crystal Ballroom was, they brought in a boxing ring. And completely refurbished it, and it's where Rocky trained in Rocky Three. What? <laughs> it's also where the prom in Pretty in Pink. <gasps> and it's where they do the tango. No t- negative. There's no time to tango in True Lies. Oh my fucking gosh! We have to go to this place. And Taylor Swift may have filmed her video "Delicate" there. What? <laughs> I mean, Vicomte Taylor, uh, Marquis <laughs> Taylor, Queen Taylor. <laughs> oh my gosh i where when are we going to this place and where we're filming and we're when are we making our our coffee table book so i'm going to need you to decide there are four films actually there are five i think but i crossed off because pretty in pink is not on our forbidden list no it's not forbidden i mean i think that 16 candles is because there's boobies in it i mean we could maybe just have a john hughes retrospective but so there are four films in the forbidden list okay that were filmed at this place okay splash all right beverly hills cop okay 
Bachelor Party, and uh-huh. True Lies. Oh. I need you to pick what our next film is. True Lies. True Lies. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Let's do it. <laughs> our final pre-Jade movie is going to be True Lies. All right, Jimmy Kiss Kiss. <laughs> be on the lookout. Sequels. So many fucking sequels. <laughs> Cruel Intentions 2 was the pilot for the Cruel Intentions prequel TV show. Okay. It was not picked up. So they went back, added about 10 minutes of naked ladies in it, and released it straight to video as, as oh, a come, movie. Come on, guys. That's real shoddy work. Uh, Sebastian is played by Robin Dunn. He he's not one of those duns. Thank, <laughs> thank God we don't have to come back to that. He has the distinction of being in Cruel Intentions 2, The Skulls 2, American Psycho 2, and Species 3. So he's the king like king of sequel of direct video. He's sequels. like kind of Ryan Philippe, kind of Christian Bale, kind of Pacey. All <laughs> all wrapped into one. Okay. And Catherine Mertoy, played by somebody you've never heard of again. Amy Adams. Oh fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> I you arguments could be that Amy Adams has surpassed. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> Sorry. Plot keywords on IMDb. Lesbian twin incest, female nudity, and identical twins. Okay. I guess Miss Alicia and Annalise Sorrel, uh, two identical twins, were uh, nude in the shower with Mr. Sebastian and uh, make out a little bit. Got it. I guess that was part of the stuff that was added in after when they realized this wasn't making it on NBC. They were like, we got to up the ante on this. <laughs> I looked into them. They have both been nude in films without each other. So good for them. Oh, that's good. And they seemed like about 15 years ago or so they had a kind of twins on film show on a station that seems to no longer be available. But I can't find anything about any of them being dead. I'm just going to assume they're both beautiful alive amazing, and thriving have so many fat babies and are just happy with everything they've accomplished in life and like this was a thing we did and we're powerful for it because we're badass women and we just absolutely took control of our destinies and yes queen <laughs> so if you're out there give us a give us a shout um, yeah let us know let us know how fucking badass that you are now yes we have uh, Cruel Intentions 3. Everything I can find, this is basically two dude bro frat guys that have bets with each other about who they can have sex with. Nobody's interested in that. And then Catherine Murti's niece or whatever comes to school and they've met their match on, on the bets. Okay, fine. I, I want them to be bested by a woman because I feel like Dangerous Liaison is definitely giving some equal playing field even in the 1800s for a man and a woman on who 1780 get the fuck done <laughs> i mean everything that i can read says this movie is absolute trash it does have a character credited as leggy blonde Ooh. <laughs> goodbye leggy 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 le
hashtag Restarby, hashtag Murray. Murray. Hashtag Murray. <laughs> hashtag band meeting. So 2016, the unreleased pilot to the uh, Cruel Intention, the second attempt to make a Cruel Intentions okay. TV show. Sarah Michelle Geller is back, folks. All right. As Catherine Matui. We have Sebastian Bash Casey at a just he's from Kansas or Iowa or somewhere in a, in a barn. Some place that the other people were, were from and they would 100% know each other because there's only three people that are from Kansas City. Exactly. Exactly. He is flirting with some girl. She's like showing him one breast for every beer that he brings her. Eh. And, you know, he's like... He's kind of frat. He's the help. He's fraternizing with the party guests at this event, and you know he gets called out after dancing with her. And he is, as you were saying, like staring at the at the mirror, angry. Like, is he going to throw something? Is he going to throw something? Is he going to throw? Something? Well, Bash throws something. All right. The mirror shatters behind the mirror. There's a hole in the wall, and there's a journal. <gasps> Whose journal? Because we already have Sebastian. The journal Valmont's of his journal. biological father, Sebastian Valmont. Ah. Uh- but and Annette comes down and finds him and comforts him. Is Annette's son? Yes. What? <laughs> no longer played by Reese Witherspoon. What? <laughs> like, what? Like, sorry. Like, that's yeah. Your 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 father's not actually your father. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued now. <laughs> okay, we just say the plot points hit one hundred percent. The execution. The execution is so a little something to be uh... desired. So he he's like the car, like that piece of shit in the barn that's been there my entire life, covered by a tarp. <laughs> so he rips the tarp off in the middle of the night and drives to L.A. Uh, to meet his uh, to meet his aunt. Oh man! <laughs> we get to meet Peter Gallagher. Is Edward Valmont the head of the Valmont Enterprises? So many eyebrows. <laughs> I'm I. Like, while you were sleeping. I mean, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellert, she is the vice president of Valmont Enterprises. She is concerned that she's not a blood relative. Her husband, who is Kobe Bell, he is in burn notice. He's the guy that they accidentally burn. Burn notice! (laughs) Who is his lawyer. Was it characters welcome? Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, he's Jesse in Burn Notice, and he's her husband. She has a stepdaughter. She's really worried. So she's like, I have a blood Valmont relative. I can get into this company for real when this old Peter Gallagher guy cocaines and dies. Got it. We have her husband is cheating on her with her assistant. Got it. Then Sarah Michelle Geller seduces the husband, like her assistant, her husband's mistress. So we have lots of girl on girl stuff. Okay. The thing ends... Like, Sebastian Bash has been out with their stepdaughter. Okay. Like, and, of course, you know, Annette shows up. and Like, oh, like, he's not doing anything we weren't doing. Well, anything I wasn't doing. <laughs> Good moment. Nice. But we end on her, like, taking apart her cross on the wall. And there's a bunch of old cocaine vials stashed. She puts Ryan Felipe's picture on the big monitor wall. She closes her eyes, and there's just the back of somebody walking in, like, what took you so long? And she's sort of touching herself, thinking about Ryan Felipe being there, and in full view of 
bash. He is like can see through the window or the the glass wall. Interesting. It's a I, lot of what seems like probably a hundred percent trash, but oh, I'm intrigued. Was, I'm intrigued. It was terrible. But so yes, it it was not picked up in 2016, <laughs> and then later leaked onto the internet. So I I feel sorry for everyone because I I'm really intrigued by this plot these plot points. I mean, it's like the OC meets Pretty Little Liars. I mean, there, there's no reason that this shouldn't have worked. Except for the fact that it wasn't done by a competent director, producer. We didn't find a way to bring Ryan Philippe back. I guess, I guess. But can I just say that April 4th of this year, Amazon slash uh, Freebie greenlit another Cruel Intentions TV show. So that has been found out. Like there have been documents published. Neither have uh, have commented on the matter. So we'll see what happens. So like maybe the Stay third time's a charm. Tuned. <laughs> Be more specific. There you go, babe. <laughs> what else have you got about this, babe? I Nothing. have had. So much fun with this one. You've had so much, and I've drank so much rosé, and I have nothing else. I've just been enjoying every bit of this conversation. Well, guys, we will see you in one week. Okay, one week. I am committing to that. One week. Not two weeks. Not two and a half weeks. We will see you in one week for True Lies. True Lies. Love it. Um, You're fired. (laughs) sorry if you're not if you haven't watched minx um you need to subscribe to stars and watch minx season one and 20 bucks for six months guys right you can totally watch season one catch up on season two all the power we haven't watched power but we might try Yeah, powers there there's a lot of stuff the uh, dangerous liaisons apparently Uh, yeah apparently a hundred percent there's a bunch of stuff you could watch if you subscribe for just a month um, but yeah, it's six months for twenty bucks. You can't even subscribe for a month. I mean, it's crazy. 20, There's $20. too many deals. Oh my gosh! I have elephantitis of the deals. Sorry, <laughs> that's gross. Sorry, <laughs> but if you haven't been watching Minx, you can watch Minx, and you can catch up with us on Minx on Stars, going deeper. Our other podcasts, our sister podcast, our baby podcast. I don't know what it is. Our um, queen podcast, that's sister podcast. Okay. I mean, yes. So, yeah, absolutely. If you want to, like, watch this, listen to this, listen to that, you're not sick of us. We've got other things to say. We've got cocktails that you can create and drink and enjoy while you're listening. Um, absolutely. We have a jalapeno hand job this week coming up. We have a Jacques Daniels. So, I think that's actually last week. Pay attention. <laughs> Next week will probably be something with Drambuie. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, so absolutely. Um, on Instagram, Forbidden Cinema. Um, Minx on Stars Going Deeper. Forbidden Cinema Podcast on Gmail. Catch us up. Let us know what you think. Um, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. Hope you're having a good time. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Send us everything you want to see next. All right. Bye. We love you guys. Bye.